Sonic Statesman.com. So, um, hello and welcome everybody. Sonic Talk number 125. It feels like some kind of milestone. I suppose it is. It's like a, a quarter of our second century is there. Uh, but you'll be pleased to know I'm not enjoying a drink this week. Um, I'm perfectly sober, as one should be for such an auspicious event. This is Sonic Talk, Sonic Talk Live. Uh, you can visit us uh, and join in the show if you haven't already. If you're just getting this via iTunes, you can come and see us at Wednesdays at 4pm UK time. SonicState.com forward slash live. There's a chat room and everything. And a live stream. Um, uh, this sh- show is sponsored by Loopmasters.com, who are a great sample maker and uh, loop provider, and also by Roland.co.uk. We very much appreciate that they are with us, and uh, we'll be going into a little more depth into their products and uh, advertisements a little later on. But in the meantime, I've got some guests, which... After last week, um, I'm sure Dave will be um, certainly perhaps a less, little less sweaty and, uh, and perhaps a bit more relieved because last week it was just me and Dave talking about Music Messer and uh, it was mostly me talking about Music Messer because I was the one who was there. And um, so it, I'm sorry to put you through that, Dave, but I appreciate you hanging in there. And thank you very much. And it seemed to go down very well. Had quite a lot of views last week and listens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so DaveSpears.com. No, DaveSpears at G4Software.com. <laughs> Uh, yes, g4software.com. Yeah. Hello. How, how's, how's the world of g4software.com? Now, right. you obviously, you took the whole of Messer off, so you must be racing ahead. You must be ahead of your milestones or something. Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. What day is it? Oh, it's Wednesday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we're busy, as usual. Yeah. What's that Disney theme tune? Disney song, busy going nowhere, having a lovely time. I something like that. I don't know that one. We'd like to be unhappy, but we haven't got the time. I forget. I think that was Seven Dwarfs, wasn't it? It sounds like it should be. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, but anyway, anyway. great to have you back again. Glad you uh, you felt you, you could return after the trauma of last week. And um, also, I'd like to welcome Mark Tinley, who was also back uh, last week. You took a break, Mark. Um, I'm sure you were doing lots of fun things. In fact, I know you were because I saw you on Twitter. Um, when you said you had a monkey on your roof, so you must have been at the zoo, or at least I hope you were. We went to Woburn Safari Park one day last week. My older two children were visiting. Vis- God, visiting. Why can't I say that? What's happened to my mouth? <laughs> visiting. There, there you go. Spit it out, um, man. And they went back to Scotland by themselves on the train. How exciting is that? That is. Well, that's like an eight-hour eight journey, isn't it? Yeah. It was very nerve-wracking. I can imagine, sort of- yeah putting two kids on a train and thinking, God, I hope they don't get off halfway or something. Well, I've just been more concerned about um, British Rail or whoever it is that's running the train being actually efficient and getting them there. That would be my worst worry, I would imagine. But I presume they got there fine. and um, It all worked seamlessly, in fact, yes. Beautiful. I love I it when a plan comes together. I still haven't worked out whether I'm allowed to do that or not. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I did Best not say any more about the, it. I eh? the website to find out if I was meant to, but... Um, Kids go to school on the train, don't they? So I, I can't see it's any different, really, but a bit further, maybe, but hey. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to change. Well, anyway, I'm glad you made it. And uh, speaking of Twitter, of course, you can follow our headlines and various other bits and bobs on ah. twitter.com forward slash Sonic Nick. Um, we've also got Sonic State uh, as a Twitter handle, but I, I'm trying to figure out a way to migrate all of our listeners because every day it get, you get more people following you on the other one. And I think, how can I move that? Because I don't want to lose them. 
tricky conundrum but yeah you can follow our stuff anyway so uh, there is also me which is nick bat which people seem to be following but actually in case you're wondering what that is that is actually a feed from our comment system so every time someone posts a comment on something one of our news items i just get a tweet saying someone's posted something so if it's not making any sense to you to the 45 odd people that are following then this is why but perhaps you're not also listening to the podcast i don't know i mean it's hard to to say who knows I, I got so confused with the whole thing trying to follow like god knows how many hundred people that i stopped following everybody that didn't make any sense and then i opened a new account to sort of filter it so that i could own, read things from the people that i wanted, wanted to. to be able to find easily yeah and now people have started following the new account so i, I think i might have to close it again it's difficult it's isn't got, it? i've over confused it there needs to be an application that puts it into threads like email i think to make it make sense yeah threaded conversations that's what that I'd would like help that, well yeah. what you have to do is direct message people and not reply via a full tweet because you just get one half of the conversation and it makes no sense yeah but you can't direct message them unless they're following you and i'm following some people who aren't following me yeah that's true oh it's so tricky anyway rich hilton's here i'm just gonna go get him morning fellas hey rich how you doing doing well thank you how about you yeah good you sound a little quieter than usual is there a reason for this you're just feeling a little bit smaller than 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 i'm just getting warmed up just getting warmed up hey i'd like to say rich hilton of course um just back from tokyo where if you listen to last week's podcast you'll have heard him um zooming in jetting in at the last minute for a, a bit of live and direct action from tokyo which was really great really appreciate you doing that rich it was very exciting made me feel very international and kind of Quite the man about town. Well, you are quite the man about town, Nick. <laughs> quite the man about um, the same room in Bath that I never leave, perhaps. Rich Hilton, myspace.com forward slash Hiltonius. How are you? Recovered? Uh, pretty much so, yeah. Cool. Nice synth there. That sounded like an iPod it, or an iPhone. It might well yeah, have been. Sorry, I, just... I think it was that little square man. Ah, the Bebop. I'm not sure yeah, if it was. It. No, it's not actually. It's Isen, but... It we're not going to go there yet. Stop, stop. We oh, sorry, we're not I'm, doing that one yet. Uh, stop yeah, it. Sorry. Hi, Mark. <laughs> well, <Hello>. anyway, <laughs> I'm sure... Have you got any photos from Tokyo up on your MySpace page yet? We um, got anything I posted, up there? I posted them on my Facebook page. Ah, Facebook. All right, yeah. Well, well I'm I sure missed. that we can find that. I just wanted to get something quickly out of the way, because last week we, um, I was telling the story about uh, the two chaps I met in the lift at the uh the fabulous holiday Inn express in frankfurt uh, and i got a, a a comment on the 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 show notes for last week uh, the chat was called miguel silver and you can check him out at uh, www.mark2 that's mk2.pt and uh, there's loads of photos of his shop and it looks absolutely brilliant and it's all sort of to do with electronic music and djing so uh Big shout out to Miguel this week because now I know your name. I should have asked actually that last week, but I wasn't I, I, for last week. But I wasn't really kind of with it. I'm not. I'm not good at this thing yet. So um, anyway, let's think. Well, we. I was. I'm glad you're here, Rich, because um, you mentioned last week that you had been messing with Ableton Eight, and uh, now that Ableton Eight, Ableton Live Eight has been officially released, I figured you might be able to tell us a bit about it because there's got some cool stuff in it. Would that be okay? Oh sure, except. Everything I can tell you about it is stuff I learned before I got it. Um, I haven't had that much time to work on it just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I did pull that they have an 8.01 already. Oh, really? And I've, pu- and I've pulled that. Pray why? 
I wonder uh, why that is. They didn't mention, but that's fine. Um, it, I've seen incredible demonstrations of guitar looping in real time done on the thing. Uh, the new synth stuff seems great. The integration is it's a really well integrated program at around their interface. It's an incredibly uh, stimulating creative environment, Ableton, and uh, that goes for versions that precede eight as well. But the mm. the newer the newer features are helping and and appear to be you know really deep. And I just unfortunately uh, have been kind of busy and uh, haven't had time to yeah, uh, play with it much. That. I did launch it and you know run a few virtual instruments and you know load up a couple of rhythm clips and put a whole bunch of effects on them and because I do I beta test for certain people so there's certain things I have to be able to run in certain areas like VST and AU and I sure. um and on PC as well so uh, I play with it you know quite a bit but I don't actually work in it a lot. I still say I'm not sure I want to record a live basic track session into the thing because of the ergonomics of it. But uh, for a lot of the rest of what we do in the world, it's really cool. And I understand. I've got to get into it. I mean, there's a brilliant video on the Ableton site actually at the moment, which is uh, of just a guy going through it, and he kind of explains it really well. He just sort of says, "Right now, I've kind of created a load of loops and patterns. Now I go into sort of your linear sequencer mode." that's kind of where most sequences start. So you've got all this stuff happening. And I was thinking, yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. I really must get into it and see how I can get on with it. But the live looping looks good. I don't know what these new warp markers are all about, but they look pretty interesting as well. Um, I just haven't had a chance myself. I went and looked at, I've got a license. I've just got to download it, but I've got, I need, as with all of these things, you sort of need a, something to work on to figure out how it can be useful. Is that right? Well, yeah, I just actually have to do a project on it. But as regards the warping, it looked to me in my peripheral examination that they had sort of taken this whole warping thing to a real-time level that it all kind of descends on some level from recycle and, and software like that that re-slices and re-dices for you. And, uh, and it, except now, of course, it uses time-stretching algorithms, and they kind of got deep into that, and then DigiDesign and a bunch of other people went ahead and did their own version of it. And now these guys have looked back at what the other guys did, and like with operating systems, it's all starting to meet in the middle a little bit. Like, I'm starting to notice feature crossover. So the way I remember it vaguely is that some of the new warping features relate to some of what I believe DigiDesign is also doing. And that's just because of my experience with DigiDesign. There may be other companies whose stuff is doing it as well. Ah, uh, okay. Um, Condra says the new operator is fantastic, which is the... Is that is it an FM-based synth, or am I um, imagining it? Yeah. yeah. yeah it it would make sense being called that, I guess. In fact, that brings up an interesting uh, um, conundrum, isn't it? Because there's new Operator 1, which is the uh, Teenage Engineering. That's the name of their synth as well. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder if there's any uh, any any behind the scenes chatting going on. Um, well, it's about 190 bucks or 190 euros to upgrade from seven, I believe. Um, a lot of people moaning about that, but I mean, it seems like there's a lot of work gone into it, and you do get a bunch of new instruments and this whole new working stuff. I've just got to get in there. I really, really should check it out because I, I I've 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 delved and never quite got far enough to kind of go, yeah, I've got it. Dave, I know you're a fan of live, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I haven't had a chance to check this out, I have to say. Um, I've spoken to a couple of people who are saying that the warp engine works in a slightly different way, and that's taken time for them to adjust. Okay. Uh, in fact, some people have said that it's actually taken them quite a long time to adjust. Um, but from our perspective, there's a couple of really good things in terms of MIDI. Um, there was a limit on the controls. You know, if you had a synth which had more than 127 or 128 parameters, uh, that could cause problems. But that's all been sorted now. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, actually. So, because uh, when I've been to your place and you've been showing me what you've been working on, you've generally been running that in live. Is that um, just so you can get used to it? I mean, what's your... How come? Why? Live, Why? Tell live, me. Live's Live's great from our perspective because obviously on a Mac you can run VSTs and AUs, so it's really good to you oh, know, of course. just, yeah, just yeah, bug, yeah, yeah. bug test. Really makes perfect sense. Yeah. So can you run your instruments as a VST and an AU at the same time in Logic in uh, Live? Yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I, mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but that's kind of interesting. Well, they sound the same. Uh, the aim is for them to sound the same. And th- You know what? I always thought that VST 2.1 just had a slightly better bottom end than anything else. No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to get to that sort of situation, aren't we? We're bound to. <laughs> the version still, 2.2. I, I, Go, Mark. Have I told you that I, I, I bought an iMac and I re-sort of installed Pro Tools 8 on it and have gone back into Pro Tools world, world from Logic. Mm-hmm. And... With the same, and using one of Dave's synths, actually, with the same hardware, the difference between the Moog on the Logic platform and the DigiDesign platform using exactly the same hardware is astounding. It's oh, really? Pro Tools sounds really? way better than Logic. Is that wow. just down to the mix engine? I don't know what it's down to. I've no idea. Yeah. I, 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 just, I was quite flabbergasted. I had headphones on. I was you, a really decent set of headphones plugged straight into the front of an 002 Firewire DigiDesign interface. And I was playing around with the Moog in uh, Pro Tools thinking, wow, this sounds really good. And then I, I thought, I'm going to just go back into Logic because I need to do something in there. And I booted the, the, exactly the same synth, exactly the same patch. And I thought, hang on a minute, something sounds different here. And it sounded sort of fizzy around the edges and like something was a bit, I don't know, you know, like bit, almost like bit degradation, but not quite like that. A different sort, you know, a different kind of fizzy around the edges. Yeah, that's, um, a, I mean, that does so sound like... So I went like, back um, to the other one and absolutely, definitely, one of them has a much more, you know, kind of clarity about it. In the same way that the Nord uh, micro... What's that thing called? The, Mod- mic- uh, the, mod- the Nord Modular sounds like way better than a computer sound card. I mean, it was just kind of weird. That's interesting. Mm. Dave, <laughs> how's Great it feeling? You got that sprung on you. <laughs> oh, fascinating. I think it must be, it must be down to this mix, the actual audio engine, surely, because uh, the to- I know they've overhauled it in, like, in Pro-, Pro Tools 8, haven't they? Haven't they kind of made everything 64-bit and, you know, massive and stuff? Or is that wrong? I th- Yes, I don't. I think you're right. So I suppose there is some truth in it. Fascinated by this. Fascinated. Oh, well, we'll have to do some experiments. Did you try it with other synths as well? I haven't tried it with other synths, and I'm now just thinking, God, have I put my foot in it? Because maybe Dave's AU version isn't quite as hot as the Artas version. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I it don't is. think it's that at all, actually. I do think it's down to the way that Logic handles audio through the Digi Design interface. 
Yeah. What was the interface you were using? What was the sound card? A Firewire 002. Oh, okay. I'm going to do this today. Yeah, run Logic through your 002 and it will definitely... No, I'm going to run it I'm going to run it through the 192. Mm. Okay. Mm, right. and, yeah, okay. Because I think because, because it used to be that Logic would use the DAE, didn't it? Wasn't it, I should say. Yeah. So, so you could only have RTAS plugins from within Logic, and now you can have AU plugins from within Logic going through to the Firewire interface. So there must be some kind of conversion going on that doesn't sound as good, I guess. Yeah. Oh well, there we go. Or, we'll may- or maybe, it, or maybe it is the mix engine. I don't know. Try it out. Try it out with some other synths and see see how that works. Anyway, but anyway, Labelton Live Eight. It basically sounds like we all need to get stuck in and check it out. Are you, Dave, have you got it yet? No, no, I haven't. I need to. Yeah, I need I, to. Houston, I, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Houston Singletary. Big shout out to him. He's uh, done a couple of um, Ableton sort of workshop clinic things with us. Um, great guy. Great demo guy. Um, very on the case. Mm-hmm. Um, right, what's next? Oh, an interview with Trent Reznor. Now, this was uh, something we put it on a, uh, on our we embedded it in a news item on our thing, and it was uh, I found it on Trash Audio, um, which is a great blog, and uh, it was quite an interesting. It's basically um, Dig dot com, who everybody knows Dig, I'm guessing. Um, they canvassed a load of questions. The ones that the top, the ten that got the most votes were asked of Trent in a sort of interview scenario in his in a studio. I'm guessing it was his studio. And uh, he was a really, I thought it was really interesting. I've never seen Trent Reznor apart from in videos where he looks a lot sort of um, younger and more 80s looking. In this, he's kind of, he reminded me a bit like um, the son of Elvis or something. I mean, he's quite a kind of physically present and deep voiced kind of guy. You know, he's sort of, and talks an awful lot of sense. But it was a very interesting interview and it's 40 minutes long. And um, just to sort of ease us into maybe some of the topics he was tackling, I thought um, anyone get a chance to do any gear spotting because there was a heck of a lot of stuff. <laughs> wall of things behind him i i I just like to chip in with obviously the metasonics almost the entire almost the almost almost the entire selection of metasonics uh, pedals were there i think yes the dope first stuff um oh god blimey i saw i saw a vimona yes and uh yeah and the shipman the shipman filter which is superb and probably the only person in the world who've, uh, who who can afford it. I mean, you know, that's actually not true. It's an expensive piece of kit, but it does sound absolutely amazing. Uh, in fact, Carsten's sh- uh, shipman was demoing at, Na- at Mesa. We've already got him. Um, and we talked about him last week, about he's sort of transformed into this kind of Ralph Lauren type character. But he's still demoing this um, amazing filter just by having, he has a, I think it's a, a Yamaha RX-7 drum machine. And he just runs that with the same pattern into this filter and just messes with it. And it's incredible. I mean, it just the transformations. Yeah, the ebb and flood. That's right. Thanks very much, Decker. Um, yeah, sounds brilliant. And he's got one of them. Anybody else spot anything? Mark, did you have a chance to check this out? No, he hung up, in fact. He's gone. <laughs> he's yeah. gone. It must have been something I said. I will ah. go back and get him in a sec. Rich, <laughs> did, you, did you see this? And it was, what an interesting guy. I'm embarrassed to say I did not see it. Oh, hold on. But this right. actually brings me to the perfect opportunity to play the new... Improved yep. Howard Scarified Tumbleweed moment. <laughs> this is more your Morricone kind of uh, version. <laughs> ah. 
I did say to Howard um, that I was I was really looking forward to the opportunity to playing it, but um, not too much. <laughs> so there you go. Fine. That was at the, I know I said that I met Howard Scar at, at Mesa, and he said he would have a go at a new tumbleweed moment sample for us. And there indeed it was. In that is that is made by one of the top sound designers in the business. I'm flattered. We should all be flattered. Uh, Mark has just sent me one one message which says help. What's up, Mark? I'll read it out, because obviously this is text, not very good radio. He might come back to me in a minute. Hmm. Maybe he's crashed? Maybe... I don't know. I'll go and get him again. Oh, Mark, oh, Mark. Wherefore art thou, Mark? What happened there? Hey. Terminal. It was terminal. I just asked you a question, and you went, chunk, and I thought, oh, no, what have I said? <laughs> I seem to remember you, you I, actually I seem to remember you said that you went to a hypnotist uh, show the other week and I f- figured maybe I'd actually said one of the trigger words and you'd just kind of been activated your, uh, <laughs> and you were just off to sort of do whatever it was that you'd been programmed to do <laughs> walking across the fields in your underpants with a blunderbuss or something you know going to kind of do something that had been programmed into you anyway Mark did you get to see any of the gear <laughs> on the Trent Reznor interview <laughs> Not really, no. I didn't watch it properly. I'm very naughty. Interesting stuff, though. Dave, you li- did listen to it, did you? I did, yeah. All 40 minutes. It was. He's got some great, interesting uh, ideas, and he's definitely switched on when it comes to the um, uh, the kind of the future of the business. But he's definitely a sitting and waiting. You know, we're not there yet, but he's waiting to see. But I like the idea, uh, just to sort of basically cap, you know, encapsulate what he was talking about. One, a, a large majority of the interview was kind of dedicated to what is the business model for the music business. And one of the things that he was saying was that, you know, he sees the thing of giving away free stuff, um, it all kind of adds to the brand of somebody like Nine Inch Nails, so that if people get to hear his music they wouldn't normally do, then maybe more people come to the show, so they make more money that way. So it's the whole kind of picture that he's looking at. And it's quite an interesting kind of approach. And obviously it means it's sort of slightly different to what the record companies are or traditionally have been geared up to do they're moving towards that a bit more to be have a slice of the brand of the band as it were rather than just the music aspect of it but um i was also very pleased to see that um they asked him a really um, flippant question which was what's the most embarrassing piece of music you've got on your ipod and he went into tell tell a story about that because uh, they have a big dressing room with a big sound system in it and they play they try and play these really embar- you know these unlikely pieces of music before a show so that the security guys and the support acts will be going what are those guys doing and uh cc peniston finally which i'm guessing is the steve Stil- Seek- silk hurley mix came up and he's actually showed deep appreciation for the song and said it actually grown on me thought it was great which I thought was brilliant. Kind of made, warmed to him. I warmed him even more after that. Any favourite moments for you, Dave? Uh, I have to say, I really like the fact that he's put on weight. He's a big guy, isn't he? I mean, not, <laughs> yeah. not a sort looking, of... Yeah. Looking chunky now. It made me feel a little bit more secure. Um, <laughs> no, but he's a smart, switched-on guy. I, actually, the more I hear from him, the more I like him. Smart switched on guy, and uh, yes, reading between the lines, it was quite interesting, wasn't it? Because it's just like, well, record companies screwed, magazine screwed, everything screwed. Yeah, but we and don't yet- have enough data to figure out what's the next kind of model. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fascinating, but yeah, smart guy. I also like the fact when he was asked, you know, well, why don't you run your own record label then? And he said, and the, and the basic basis answer yeah. of that was, well, 
basically, if you run a record label, you're in the firing line. So anything that's good that uh, you get blamed for and anything's bad, you get the blame for, but mostly get blamed for the bad stuff. And he said, I'm just not into <laughs> into being that guy. I thought that was a very good Another uh, uh, a switched on thing. But um, yeah, well worth looking at. And I guess if you come and watch it via Sonic State, then um, you know there might be an ad view or something we might get out of it. So come and watch it with us. Come to us. But uh, yes, very good. He's, he, he's like the patron saint of synth purchases, isn't he? He must be. I mean, he's the guy. I reckon he single-handedly keeps the German synth manufacturing market alive. I mean, he's got just, one just, of everything. Just, or to- more know, than one of everything. He buys everything we do and... We never hear a peep. It's just like, yeah, like this, done, gone. You know, none of this kind of give me free stuff vibe. No, well, he seems very reasonable. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, blimey, he's, he's got an army of bookless stuff, hasn't he, and all of the stuff that's in the studio. So, yeah, good on him. Mark, um, the, one of the theories from the chat room was that um, as soon as I mentioned the word Trent Reznor, you hung up because you hate him. No, I really like him. <laughs> I know, I didn't say it was true. I just thought it was a way of getting a, <laughs> getting well, a contribution. Well, actually, I'm just reading back through some of that, and they're saying that because I've got a G4 Mac, that that was the problem. But to be honest, I'm actually doing the Skype part of my uh, communication with you on my new Toshiba NB100 netbook, tiny, tiny little PC. And because the screen's so small, I must have pressed something, ah, <laughs> which is why I hung up. It's so fiddly. I think it was this little red telephone symbol here. Ah, that must be it then. That's okay. I'm, so I'm, it was a PC. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a Mac moment last week. I think I crashed just before the show started. Uh, I haven't subsequently this one. But anyway, um, uh, interview with Trent Reznor via Dig, um, well worth looking at, and it's, you know, long form, and it's quite interesting, it's quite refreshing to see a long 40-minute kind of just chat with somebody who has a lot to say, and it doesn't get dull, I didn't think. Anyway, I mean, it's not not, not sure it's worth watching on video, apart from the gear porn, but um, yeah, good. Hey, um, it's probably about time for an ad, I've been having so much fun, I forgot to, that uh, I've got a couple of advertisers, and the first one I'd like to uh, say thanks to is Roland UK. And they're, in fact, uh, like to draw your attention to their Phantom G8, which is an 88-key PHA2 ivory fill weighted keys workstation. It's got 256 megabytes of wave ROM, which is twice the capacity of its predecessor, two times ARX expansion slots, so you can bung some really uh, nifty expansion sounds and synthesis engines in there, 8.5-inch colour LCD display with mouse connectivity, 16-part multi-timbral, an audio and MIDI sequencer with 128 tracks, including 24 audio tracks. Take a test drive, head over to roland.co.uk slash phantomg and check out what it's all about and uh, find a dealer near you and go and try it out. Uh, so that was a message from Rolling K, and we'd like to say thank you for their continued sponsorship. We know that they've been happy with the way things are, so long may it continue.
Very Jean-Michel Jarre, like, very Jean-Michel Jarre, like that was from a track called Tom Wave 2600 on via YouTube, and that was that uh, the cost of that jam there was something in the region of eleven thousand dollars because he was using an MS10, which is around about four or five hundred pounds, MS20, which is about a thousand pounds. Uh, a 2600, ARP 2600, which I saw on eBay for four grand, four thousand pounds, so that's about six thousand dollars. And a VP 330, which is the kind of chord thing that you were hearing there, which is two grand. So that adds up to a total of about, uh, let me see, <laughs> what's that? It works out as a total of about seven, seven, seven thousand six hundred pounds or eleven thousand dollars, which. Uh, you might imagine, uh, because the title of this topic is, is it me or are synths even more expensive now? And uh, that was uh, was <laughs> an illustration. And there's more. I found a Jupiter 8 for five grand. And these are completed auctions, I might add. Uh, and what else did I see? That, that was the most expensive thing I found. And a Sems 2 voice for two grand. Uh, but that on, by the same token, I found a Roland JX-10, which is a pretty serious bit of kit, for 289 quid. So... It's mental. I haven't checked those these prices. I haven't checked these prices for an awfully long time, and I am con- contemplating funding my new laptop. And I think I might actually have to sell some of my hardware because I just can't really see there's any point in hanging on to it at those prices. I mean, they do sound great, lovely, but Jesus, is, has it gone crazy again? Oh, Dave, you had a theory about this, didn't you? Uh, yeah, very interesting. My uh, the guy we used to uh, refurbish some of our stuff. Uh, he refits and refurbishes CS eighties. That's his kind of main gig. And what he was saying is that despite there being a recession, all the classic classic synths seem to have shot up by about twenty five percent in the last few months, six months. Mm. Uh, and I think he's right. I think he is right. And what he was saying is that. You know, there are certain types of the real classics, like a CSAE and an Ape Voice and various uh, Jupiter 8 and whatnot. They will always appreciate in value. Yeah. And people are looking towards them for investment purposes, which I'm not sure whether I entirely agree with on many levels, actually. I think you should use the bloody things. Um, But... uh, and also classic cars. That was his other thing. You know, if you look at certain classic cars, whereas some vintage stuff... Just because it's old, it used to be worth a load of money, but actually people have sussed out that it wasn't really that good, so that hasn't appreciated in value. Oh, hold on. Jupiter 4, 1.6k. Mm. 1, 1. That's just mental. That is crazy, isn't it? That is bonkers. Yeah, yeah I, 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 but at the same time, there are a lot of stuff that is is a lot cheaper. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I've i got a Jupiter 6, which I've had for a while, and I love it, um, but... I I haven't been using it to be honest. I mean, it's just upstairs, you know. But I I ordered a new set of uh, knobs and faders for it so I can replace everything. So it'll be up to kind of scratch, and I'm going to sell it. I mean, it's just there's no there's no I can't, I mean I can't afford not to really. I mean, I need a new laptop which I can run. I don't know, Imposca two on or something, you know, whatever. But that's just bonkers, isn't it? I mean, Rich, I know you haven't got a lot of hardware yourself these days, but uh, I mean, wow, it's not the time to buy, is it? Well, actually, funny you should mention it. Because I've just been renovating certain areas of the house, which required me to dig through things. And my children implored me to uncrate my Moog synthesizer and set it up with my clavinet and my uh, MS-20. And it's all up here now in my music room. Oh, cool. Uh, awaiting setup, awaiting wiring and such. But, but uh, 
Nevertheless, and I'm going to have to find that power supply for the clavinet. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's, uh, I am surprised by the value of them. I'm somewhat encouraged that some of this crap that's still sitting in racks in front of me might actually turn into some money. <laughs> um, well, I mean, at these prices, I mean, it is, it is starting to look like there's an investment. Because I've also got some other synths that aren't very... Um, desirable at the moment you know i've got a korg monopoly i've got a juno 106 i've got a yamaha cs15 which aren't actually kind of getting particularly high prices so i'm gonna ha- may as well just hang on to those There's no point in selling them because i like them but anyway i'm glad you found you've, you've got some hardware going on there have you been yeah. patching like a patching like a um a good one on your ms20 or no it's you- just well not yet it's just being physically set up i'm gonna have to actually there's a further major renovation of this room that's going to go into putting it where i can actually use it and then i have to wire it all up but it's here and it's physically available and ready to go and i i I got i mean i have to have some effects behind some of this stuff so i have to actually wire it up to to mixers and and put up some effects and stuff i'm kind of not set up for that but i will be Mm, so i'll be kind of going back going back um going back old school you'll have like a captain beefart pod if they're interested in it at all, I'm totally down with doing it. <laughs> if it yeah. interests them in the least, then I have to tune the clavinet, of course, because it's been years. The last time that thing was used, we were working on a Bowie album in 1993, and uh, I used the pianet side because it's a duo, and we needed mm-hmm. a sort of a faux Wurlitzer thing, and we ran a pianet through a tremolator and took one side to get the, uh, to get the uh, uh, tremolo effect. Wow. But I digress. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm all you know. Right now, I'm feeling all vintagey. Feeling all vintagey. <laughs> yeah, nice. But not so much at my work at the studio because I like the recallability of. Uh, yeah, well, there is I that, isn't there? Elsewhere. Yeah. Not all of us, or not many of us, or in fact, none of us have time for modular time really these days. That's the problem. Unless it's a big mark, you've got you've still got some hardware, haven't you? Or did you go totally in the box, pretty much? Um, no, I've still got a few things kicking around, but you've just had sparked me to go and look on eBay while we were having this conversation, and I found a Roland JD800 on eBay for £16. No. Are you sure it's not a fridge magnet? Because there's quite a lot no. of those on there as no, well. No, it's a real one, and nobody's <laughs> bidding on it yet. It's got a couple of days to go. Ooh, but that's a go really good synthesizer, a JD800. I know it's not an analogue, traditionally mm. sort of you know, old-school analog synth, but it has knobs and buttons and things on it. And I think that's the key, isn't it? The knobs and the buttons and everything. I've been very much in a world without knobs and buttons and just doing everything on screen, and I bought a Line 6 pod thing the other day, and I was really excited when I turned the knob on the pod and the screen knob turned as well. I was like, oh, I'd forgotten all about that. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to go and buy something with knobs on to control some of the things I've got. But it, uh, the more the more knobs you've got on a synth, the more possibilities there are, really, aren't there? I mean, I think that's the key. It's that whole thing. We've we've discussed it before, haven't we? It's the how much longer does it take you to figure out where the parameter is on a screen that you can generally, I mean, it's becoming polyphonic now, control in in a mono state, so one parameter at a time. Whereas yeah. if you've got a dedicated control then you can reach for it instinctively. And that's one thing, because I've got a, 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 a Novation KS4, which has a lot of dedicated synth parameters on it. And I started, when I was doing a lot of programming work, I just p- set that up and mapped all the controllers to all of the synths 
in um, uh, on my on Logic. So that you right. know, if I need to adjust, to adjust the cutoff, I reach for the cutoff. If I need to adjust the release, I release uh, release. You know, I, I've got a release dedicated release button on the so oh, not fader. Yeah, I mean, I did the same thing. I've got a Korg Control something or another forty nine, I think, which I'm selling actually. <laughs> but I mapped I mapped all the knobs and faders on that to all of the synths in Logic in when I was in version seven, and when I upgraded to version eight, version eight unmapped them all again for me. So yeah, I don't know that, why I can't get it to work anymore. But you sort of don't really right. want to have to do it all again, do you? I mean, once is enough. Uh, and the and other I thing, while we're, at it, while we're at it, the the real swine about Logic is, or it used to be, you'd map it to a, you do all the plugin mapping, but it would be on a per song basis. So unless you were working on your kind of auto load, if you came in and then started working on another song which you hadn't set up, you had to kind of do it again, and that's just so annoying. I mean, it's, there's no need for that in this day and age. It should be a separate well, configuration. Well, I'm very file. curious about this auto map thing, the the novation and is it evolution or something? Who's yeah, the other well, one? You, you kind of need, yeah, you need Does it to work. You sort of need. Well, Rich, I know Rich hasn't had some great experiences with that. I think for some things it does and some things it doesn't. I, I mean, Rich will probably be able to give you a little bit of a, a user story on that one. Sure, it works. Um, I, I'm disappointed in what they've done in terms of templating it for you. But if you're patient and interested in mapping your own stuff, absolutely it works. And apparently it's pretty easy and not too bad to save and they've just got come out with a new version and uh i just was disappointed that i was going to have to create templates for commonly used things i thought that was kind of odd i thought the least they could do i mean there is a finite number of things they really have to support out there yeah i think it's getting better i mean i think because they were quite early to go with this and they had a lot of stuff to wade through and you know uh, i think now um, it's a lot more intuitive from what I understand with Automap 3 and Automap Pro. Uh, it's definitely what I saw for, that uh, Rob uh, Jones showed me at Mesa. It was pretty impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. So what well, should I buy then? Should I buy a Nocturne, a Novation Nocturne? Nocturnes are cool. The thing about the Novation stuff is um, there are lots of people who are kind of bitching. It has gone up a bit and you're sort of getting less LCD, which is a bit of a drag. But you can, with Automap Pro, you can have multiple controllers and just assign them to particular things, and that will be remembered. So you could have, like, four or five Nocturnes, and each one would control a different plugin. So you could have real-time control of all of them at the same time. Do you see what I mean? So that's quite cool. I I don't know what you have to pay for that. I think it's like, I I, I would hate to say it, but I don't think it's very much. I have a remote SL, and it's a really nice set of controls, if that's, you know, if that's what you're after. And uh, that got keys on it or not? Well, you can get it with, you can get it with with or without. You can get it either way. And um, it's got nice, updatable little scribble strip descriptions of what each controller is doing, which I kind of like about it. I guess I don't use it as much as it's, you know, as deeply as it is, but uh, it's not too bad. What do you use for controlling the ProTool system at work, Rich? A Novation SL, Remote oh, right, SL okay. 61 key. Uh, running, is what so I running, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I had the Automap wrapper going on my plugins at one point. I haven't reinstalled it with the new computer yet, but I probably will. I don't know if the new Automap 3 is backward compatible. I, I think I either sure. have to buy it or I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can even use it with my current hardware, but if I can, I'll give it another shot. Sure, why not? 
Okay. It is pretty neat. I mean, it's a neat control. It's got a lot of stuff on it, faders and buttons and sliders and drum pads, and it's just got all kinds of stuff on it. And I dig the fact that the displays kind of update you on what any What's given controller is doing at any given time. Yeah. I wish displays were bigger. There are things I wish about it, but the keyboard feels pretty tight, and the thing basically works. There's also uh, a couple of new synths from Emu, and I was reading about this, and I was thinking, great. That's fantastic. But then uh, they said it was going to be coming out in spring. And these, these are the um, new synths. They're called the Longboard and the Shortboard. There's a 61 key and a 49 key. Expressive performance instruments with high-quality synth action keybeds based on the 8030 sound engine, which I think is the stuff that they put in their um, sound cards, if I'm correct. And it's got some kind of pipeline wireless transmitter as well. So it looks really interesting. But it did say coming spring, which is kind of now... Uh, but there's nothing, no other information available. There's no videos of them. Didn't see them at mess or anything. Anybody know anything about this stuff? No. Mm, <laughs> I feel my finger reaching for the yes! Howard Scott tumbleweed moment. And I think, and I think to be fair, this is actually warrants a tumbleweed moment because uh, they've sort of promised and they've not delivered. So I feel it's not actually my fault, but Howard still gets the moment. So here's the tumbleweed moment from Howard Scott. Once again. Just for you, Mark. Beautiful. I think you'll agree. Thank you very much, Howard, once again. Um, so, yeah, nobody knows anything about the new synth from Emu. They're the long board and the short board, and we know nothing. So there was a tumbleweed moment to reflect that. <laughs> Great, because um, I was thinking we were kind of racing ahead of ourselves. Charlie Steinberg, though, he won a Lifetime Achievement Award at the, yeah. uh, at the Music Industry Press Awards, MEPA, uh, which were at MESA again. Uh, he won the prestigious Lifetime Achievement Award. Um, obviously, you know, he's been ASIO, Cubase, VST. It's pretty kind of impressive. And I, I was thinking when, when I was reading it, you don't normally see or read of architects of software getting these kind of things. Do you, uh, anybody have any thoughts on this? Dave, you're a software guy. You think that's a well-placed award? I do, yeah. I think Charlie, well, Charlie Steinberg and Manfred Rurup, the two co-founders. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, come on. Everybody must have started on... Cubase. I think I started on Cubase before I moved to the C Lab. What was that called? Notator, mm. Creator, yeah. or Play Twenty Four, or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, blimey, everybody, everybody I know started on Cubase at some point. Or um, what was that other? What, I was, didn't. what was their thing? Pro Twenty Four was it? Yeah. yeah. No, I yep. started on Pro Sixteen. Hey, yeah. No, I think I did as well. On the Commodore C Sixty Four, which oh, no, was, was the Steinberg program, which was brilliant. I really liked the way that program worked. It was it was pattern based. Mm-hmm. And then, Mr. VST, come on. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we think about it. A lot of us would have followed perhaps a different path if we hadn't been exposed to his, uh, his innovation. And, Absolutely. And I was wondering whether there are any other contenders out there, future or present, that perhaps you think might, in the software vein, that might be, uh, might be up for one. And Dave, you're not allowed to nominate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... 
I'd like to congratulate Charlie because he's always been nice to me. I think he's a great guy, and it, this is some revolutionary technology. He basically launched the native movement that followed in many ways with the VST spec and uh, profoundly influenced a lot of people as a result. And even his prior uh, sequencers were fantastic. As you say, they were formative uh, you, things for most many, many people. Other people, the guy who founded DigiDesign, I think his name might be Gotcher. I might be wrong about that. Uh, maybe the guy who founded Opcode. Um, these are the Americans, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go for um, it. Fly the flag. The guy who founded Ensonic. Uh, you got you got to include, you know, probably in Oberheim, Jim uh, Jim Cooper, uh, Roger Lynn, Dave Smith. Mm. I'll handle the Amer- I'll handle the Americans okay. for today. You guys, <laughs> let you guys handle ever- the rest of the world. <laughs> I know there's plenty more of them that I'm missing, like the guy who wrote Logic to begin with, and uh, there's plenty more that I'm missing. But those are the Americans I'd be going after. Sorry, I'm a bit distracted. Um, a neighbour of mine is trying to send me a quote for um, having some work done on my back garden. Because <laughs> <laughs> the builder who agree the quote is obviously at his house, and he's and we're not in. So this is this is a bit bizarre. So anyway, um, there must be a title for the podcast in there somewhere. But at this point, I would like to say we've reached our highest ever listener peak. Wow, we're in proofing. So I think we may, <laughs> in fact, um, be in a situation whereby. We might need to go up a up a tier. So woohoo, woohoo for Shadcast. Yeah. So I would like to thank our other show sponsors, who are LoopMasters.com. LoopMasters are the number one website and sample CD distributor dedicated to bringing you the most inspirational collections of royalty-free sounds and samples from some of the top producers worldwide. Collections are available in multiple formats of all music software and studio setups and cover all types of music. Uh, and they're offering us a special deal. Uh, if you send an email to info at LoopMasters.com with the subject... Sonic State VIP, Sonic State one word, VIP uh, another word. They'll be able to send you a coupon for uh, seven to eight hundred megabytes of free samples, um, which you can then go and download and avail yourself of. So check that out. That's info at loopmasters.com with the subject Sonic State VIP. Uh, also, they'd like to bring your attention to their new sister site, which is looptv.net. It's a new monthly electronic music production video cast, totally free, dedicated to music production tips, sampling news, competitions, and features on labels and producers working with loopmasters.com. Once again, thank you very much to LoopMasters.com for their sponsorship of the podcast. It's the iSIN. I like this one. This reminds me of Heaven 17. Anyway, I won't go on, because there's quite a lot of demos. And that's the new iSIN, which is a kind of collaboration between AudioMIDI.com, who are an online retailer, which was actually it was conceived by Russ Jones and Doug Edge, who worked for AudioMIDI.com. The design doc was drafted by somebody called Mitchell Sigmund, uh, who's the audio MIDI synth nerd in residence, uh, and Harry Goss, Goes, uh, G-O-H-S, of German software developer Veersyn, took the design doc and brought it to life into a iPhone app. It just struck me this is a kind of good thing to talk about, really, because I did hear an interesting fact about uh, iPhones, and that was there's, by the end of 2009, they reckon there's going to be a two, uh, three, sorry, at least 30 million iPhones and iPod touches out there in the marketplace. 
Just amazing. And you've got to think, hmm, and how many computers capable of making music might there be? Probably not, nothing like as many as that. And you just got to think, this has got to be the future. And they seem to be getting better and better. And this one's kind of cool. It's got three parts. It's got two synth parts, a drum kit, a sequencer, effects units, and this sort of really crazy modulation doodah, um, which is like a, a, you turn it into an XY pad, and you flick, if you flick the dot, it just sort of bounces around like a breakout, but so creates a sort of LFO. Anyone seen it? I know Mark downloaded it, but Mark seems to have vanished. <laughs> so, anybody no, else? Back again. Oh, you come back. I'm in, hey. I'm, a, I, I'm in a world where a child is throwing a tantrum because he missed 30 seconds of a movie and he's now consequently missing five minutes of it because he's obviously not watching it because he's screaming and shouting at uh, uh, I've been there. Easter holidays, <laughs> eh? <laughs> so I don't know. Should I wind it back thirty seconds so you can watch it? And well, it's or should, you know, what do you think I should do? I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? Or you should should you kind of play the firm hand and sort of say no, not until you calm down. But you are doing yeah. a live show. I am doing a live show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Special> <laughs> um, I'm playing with ice in now, and I quite like it actually. But what I've discovered is, if you hit a key on the keyboard and then you slide away from the key, you get a portmanteau kind of yeah. thing. So it's like it's, it works a bit like that little B-bot thing, was it? I-bot mm-hmm. or B-bot or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not as playable, but yeah, I know what you're saying. In fact, thinking about it, it's pretty much the same kind of interface, isn't it? Because it's a grid and. Stuff, but I haven't got very deep into it yet, and I think I'd better go and rewind a movie and come back in a few seconds. Okay, all right. <laughs> Judging by the, David, the sound of what's happening, I think it was uh, two ninety nine, two pounds ninety nine. I bought it this morning and just downloaded it on. It was a piece of cake. I, the only thing I find, you know, it sounds quite interesting. It sounds quite good. You know, it sounds quality. But the problem I have with a lot of these things is um, that there's it's pattern based, and I just I don't work in pattern mode. It doesn't work for me in that way. So. I can't really kind of get as excited about it as perhaps, you know, something that's just purely real-time. I know, Dave. Uh, sadly, I haven't checked it out. I've gone back to games on my iPhone. Have I'm, you? I'm slightly obsessed with something called, I think it's called Play Golf or something. Golf. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so, man, there's, yeah. No, there's no hope for you. It's I'm a middle age. I'm going to send you some tartan trousers. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah i've walked around the house in some play i know i, I mean people in people in the chat room do get kind of a bit peeved about us talking about the iphone but you can't ignore that there how many millions of these units there are out of these i'm watching the i'm i'm on the apple.com uh website and on the thing it says the app store is about to hit a billion downloads and it's at 957 million 143,267 oh hang on 300 yeah it's just going up like by the Christ. less than a second we're Amazing. in the wrong game. We need to. What, we need, what I need to do is somebody to write me an application for the iPhone that we can just stream the podcast through <laughs> and sell it somehow to people on iPhone. And obviously, present company said <laughs> all the people in the chat room will obviously don't won't have to pay for anything. But it just seems like they're opening it up to, to, to for all these sort of charging models and things. And you know, one of the big problems is with internet content creation is you know getting paid and in the same in creating software instruments i'd imagine as well dave is actually getting paid for it and not just kind of people expecting everything for free which is fine but there comes a point when you know you think well actually is there a way to monetize this stuff a bit more and it's just i mean but a billion applications and you know tens of millions of units i mean that is those are numbers that are very very hard to ignore aren't they 
It's just amazing. I think my last conversation with somebody who does a few iPhone apps, uh, I think he said when they started, there was something like 100 apps, and now there's something like 14,000. So it's definitely a growth area. Yeah, I'm getting right. chastised by Guru One, who's for money, 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 Nick. The thing is, Guru One, is I actually do this for a living. I don't do <sighs> anything else. So it, it sort of has to a little bit. Um, uh, so, you know, I, unfortunately. But, I'm, you know, I'm not suggesting I'm about to charge for all our content, but the, it opens up an awful lot of interesting possibilities. It's a platform that we can, you know, the, the general public can use. Hey, and two and three quid for an app, blimey. I mean, I've downloaded some that like, you know, 60 pence or something. I don't know how often I'd use them, but it's a toy. Mm. I tell you what, I, I downloaded something really useful for the iPod Touch. I know I'm going on about this, but there's a thing. It's basically a Wi-Fi trackpad, a mouse pad. Because one of the things, when I'm sh- recording um, uh, reviews in the office, the computer that I, I feed the video in is across the room, and I can see myself in it, but I, every, I have to set the shot up go over, press record, come back, sit down, start again. Whereas this, I could just leave it on the desk and I can actually control it from my iPod, which is kind of cool. You know, you, that is a functional and useful thing. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> I, I've, I've got a bit uh, tangential. I don't know if Mark's managed to rewind his movie yet and come I've back to us with I've everything. I'm Save back. us, Mark. Talk about synths. I like synths. <laughs> they make good noises. Hey, I've got a great hey. idea for a podcast. Let's just talk about synths. <laughs> what, uh, what's going on in the chat room what's their issue with this iphone no it's thing? not That's it's not it's just i think a lot of people resent the mainstream nature of it and the fact that, that you know we're talking about ways of making money out of content you know which is kind of what we do as an art you know as artists whether you're a musician or a podcaster or a website runner whatever you know that's kind of what you have to do but you meant uh, to charge for content well i don't know that oh I don't that's think where I've been going wrong. I keep giving all mine away for Yeah, free. so do we. We always give ourselves away, and I'm sure we always will. But anyway, Mark, you were going to tell us what you felt about the iSynth, iSyn application. Imagine that you've got an idea for a tune, and you're some. I mean, for me, the thing that I used to use all the time was the QY20, and yeah. this more than replaces it. So imagine you're somewhere, and you've got an idea for a tune, and you just want to put it into a sequencer of some sort so that you can remember it. These things... All these kind of things in the iPhone are just brilliant. I mean, imagine going back 15 years and somebody telling you that this was going to exist at this time. In 1995 or whatever, when I was fiddling around on the QY20, if somebody had told me I could do all of this in my telephone and take pictures and communicate with people, do my email and everything on a, a, on a real-time basis, I just wouldn't have believed them. So I think it's brilliant. I think all these iPhone things are brilliant. And and until somebody comes up with an alternative platform that people want to develop for, then that's going to be the platform of choice. And because basically, I mean, as a software developer, you're not going to be, you know, Dave, you wouldn't you wouldn't start developing plugins for the Commodore C64 because nobody's, you know, nobody's using it. There are a few people who are, but it's about where you can sell the most products ultimately. Otherwise, you're not going to, you know, all that work's pointless, isn't it? I think what's fascinating about this is that, you know, you, you can have really young, fresh developers. I mean, th- there are an awful lot of examples of, you know, people who've just kind of come out of college, had a great idea for a little app. Because of the iTunes store, you know, that whole model, they take care of that whole back-end nonsense. So you don't have to get involved in, you know, bloody great databasing and all the rest of it. So you can just concentrate on your app and uh, release it and just kind of see how it goes. Yeah, and there are some really, really good ones. 
I think there's going to be more. I mean, there was I, I, we did talk about it briefly, which was the uh, Wallander Instruments virtual um, model, the modelled brass stuff. I mean, that is amazing. I don't know if uh, anyone's had a chance to get that. Rich, have you seen that? It's actually you blow on the you you blow on the the mic of the uh, the the iPhone or iPod if you've got a, one with a mic, and it will articulate. You know your trumpet, your your. It's, yeah. got, it's absolutely amazing, and it's all modelled real time. I mean, it does somewhat hog the CPU and run your battery down, but it's pretty incredible <laughs> that you can do this on a little sort of thing that's also all the other things it does. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Yeah. Well, um, I've I, got um, I've got a complete speak uh, speak and spell in my iPhone as well. Actually, have the you? whole thing. Yeah, Babies. that's useful. Babies. Hey, I, I nearly re- forgot there's the one topic that I actually brought in as a bit of a funny this week, which is what what should you say? So, a friend invites you to a gig or plays you their latest creation, and it sucks. What's the best way to handle it? <laughs> uh, we've got a famous saying around here. Of all the gigs I've ever seen, that was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And no matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> so... Rich. Yes. Do you, I mean, it must happen kind of, you know, because you're working in the higher echelons of, you know, both live and um, music production. <laughs> and Whenever you say of, that, it makes me want to scratch myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, but people must think, hey, this guy, if I play this to this guy or if I get this guy to come see my gig, you know, he can maybe sort of, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It happens, doesn't it? You know, people sort of want to. Well, play. sure. And and in this day and age, I in the back of my mind, the voice, the voice that just won't go away, is saying, um, "To to to do what? To get a deal? What kind of a deal? <laughs> a deal to do what? What are they going to do? Give you a bunch of money and you owe it to them for the rest of your life? I mean, this it's such an outdated almost." conceptual paradigm and yet i understand where it comes from and i always try to go and support the people who are doing it and everything else but it's like what for what <laughs> you can do it at home oh i've got a couple from the chat room condra says i can see what you're trying to do uh dmac pro says can't say enough about your performance mark jx8p says i've never seen stuff like that before uh, <laughs> but also uh mps says just tell him it sucks <laughs> I don't know. I think you, I, I think it depends. You know, sometimes people want a critique. No, I listen. I and, listen. I like. I do listen to people. I mean, you, I don't. I don't listen as much as I should. But I mean, also, you know, it's like, if it, it, yeah, it's it's embarrassing. Sometimes the best thing to do is just not put yourself in the firing line in the position that where you have to, unless you know you actually really genuinely want to help someone and tell them. I mean, you know, and unlike you know, our opinion is is kind of you know the be all and end all anyway. It's just. But it, yeah, sometimes it can be really, particularly if it's absolutely dreadful. I mean, there's there's kind of. I was talking to Andy, um, and he was saying he went to see a dance show um, where it was a kind of work in progress, and it was funded by the local arts council and all this thing. And he went, and he said it was so bad that he just got really, really angry, and um, and he had to leave before he saw anybody in case they asked him what they thought. <laughs> Which is another way of handling it, I suppose. <laughs> well, I've had the opposite. I've had. I used to do this house band thing in. Uh, it was a London venue, and it was singers would turn up, and 
they'd kind of say, oh, you know, you need to do this song. So we were just the kind of house band. And this guy kept turning up week after week after week. And he looked exactly like someone I knew in my local town who just annoyed me from day one. So we just did everything we could to not let him get on stage. And eventually we kind of gave in. And he got up on stage and he sang like a bleeding angel. And he went on to write like tons and tons of hits for bands and stuff like that. But the band were just looking at each other going... Oh my God, why didn't we? In fact, afterwards, everybody in the band went up to him and said, We'll be in your band. <laughs> you could, uh, it just goes oh. to show how wrong one can be anyway. But yeah. Oh, yeah. There are tricky. And Mark, I, I, I don't know. Do, do you let them have it or do you think you kind of hold back and be diplomatic? I wasn't the most diplomatic programmer Duran Duran ever had. <laughs> you know, I had a feeling you might have been going to say that, but yeah, there is. Uh, but sometimes, I don't know, sometimes it depends how secure you're feeling about your job, doesn't it? I think. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll say, I really don't think that works, and I, and we'll have something to say about it, and then they get cross and say, well, who asked you anyway? And uh, And then other times... The only thing to do, I think, and this is the 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 way out, is to tell the truth about some aspect of it that you like. Yeah. So yep. find something about it that you like, unless you and you know, depending on what level you want to help the person at, but find something about it that you like and positively frame a statement about the thing about it that you like. And As you're backing out of the room. Yeah. yeah. Yay. <laughs> that's a very good answer mark i like that a lot yay um mark jacks p says uh, by the way dave this reminds me how do you like my cd <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually mark i do like it so there you go <laughs> i have the same thing or oh, the worst one is when you actually you think you've been asked one thing and so you kind of you start saying what you think you were asked and then after you've finished saying what you were saying you realize that they weren't asking you that at all and you've actually said far too much <laughs> that happened to me quite recently <laughs> probably why i haven't had so much work in the past uh, 12 months. <laughs> i like the silence at the end yeah mm. <laughs> yeah i, like no, I wanted i wanted to chime in with what mike more or less what mark said is that you try to find something that's either complementary to some aspect of it that you can find that you like or constructive in a sense that you see some aspect in other words if you think just if you think the song's horrible you got to start there but you can't say the song's horrible you got to say well i think the song needs to contrast more before between the sections or something you know yeah. that serves to help them to get better at it yeah, that's, that's what I try to do. Because sometimes I can't find anything I like about it, and then I have yeah. To but then you could just say, "Look, I, I just don't like this kind of music. I'm not, I'm the wrong guy to ask." I I don't say that. I no? try not to say that. No. I try not to say that. I try to give them something that'll help them to do better next time. Yeah, yeah, a solution. Give them a solution. Yeah, well, that could be the case. Well, guys, without, um, without letting them know that they've actually got a problem, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or identifying yeah, it. One- there's a wonderful cyclic link here as well, isn't there? Like um, if Rich says, you know, what Rich was saying, people asking, you know, can you get this in front of somebody for a deal and whatnot? I think the uh, solution would be to send them to Trent Reznor's video. Yeah. Well, we're getting towards the end of the show and it's all gone very well. We've broken our uh, live streaming streams count. I'm not going to tell you how many there are because it's, uh, it's not as many as you might imagine, but it's, it's a reasonable number and it's higher than, it's higher than it has been ever, which is fantastic. 
But uh, you can still listen to the show in iTunes. Uh, you don't have to come and listen to us live, although you can, sonicstate.com forward slash live. Thanks to everybody in the chat room for coming along. Um, we really enjoyed um, the whole, I, I, well, I speak for myself, everybody else may have hated it and just been being nice, but I suspect not. Um, so thank you very much for joining us in the chat room, and uh, I'd like to say thanks to my guests here, uh, who are Dave Spears from g4software.com. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Thank you. And Rich Hilton from Chic and uh, off to the crib, I believe you said. Did you say you've got to go and do some networking stuff in your last tweet? Yes, it's true. We have a network issue, and the cable company, the provider, is going to come, and we're going to suss it out. And when they leave, it's going to be wonderful. And while all that's going on, I'm going to try to do this synth test out of uh, Pro Tools and Logic, and have something to report back to yeah, you. Yeah, we'll be very way. interested to know that. Okay, Rich. Well, thank you very much. Uh, MySpace.com forward slash Hiltonius and mark tinley thank you for joining us too and i'm i'm sorry that we maybe had to uh break the continuity in your childcare, but um th- i would appreciate you doing it just to, so the show could go on yeah he's just got to that age now where he wants lots of attention so uh, yeah. putting him in front of a movie doesn't necessarily work quite as well as it used to we do have a new hand signaling thing you have noticed that you didn't hear him at all during the show and that is because he has to come into this room and wave his hand at me to let me know that he needs something and then i'll mute the microphone and then i can talk to him so ah, that's pretty if complex been, uh, strange silences where i haven't answered things that you've asked me well it's sorry i've uh, no no but there, yeah maybe. i thought that was very well done very well done. Well, anyway, um, enjoy the rest of the Easter holidays and a, a happy belated Easter, everybody. I hope you didn't eat too much chocolate. And um, Mark Tinley can be found at... Uh, where, where are we going to point them at, Mark? Uh, I think we'll point them back at blog.aspergineering.com. Okay, right. A-S-P-E-R-G-I-N-E-E-R-I-N-G. I always get it spelt wrong. I'll get it right this time, I promise. So, uh, yeah, you can find the show notes tomorrow. Um, um, for the show and come and join us next week and we'll see if we can break our record once again.